0: An introduction to Warcraft lore for WoW Classic. The wide world of the Warcraft universe has captivated millions of people since its first inception two and a half decades ago. From the early RTS beginnings of Warcraft orcs and humans, to the MMO juggernaut that is World of Warcraft, the franchise has continued to build an expansive universe filled with unique characters, locations, and stories. Between the numerous video games and novels, it can be difficult for a newcomer to begin to comprehend the scope and the ins and outs of the setting. And so, with the release of World of Warcraft Classic, I've decided to compile an introduction. This video will specifically focus on the history of the world leading up to the start of WoW, ignoring any of the later events to come, to prepare you as you enter the World of Warcraft. The titular world of Warcraft, at least as far as Wild WoW Classic is concerned, is known as Azeroth, a lush world featuring a wide array of biomes and locales, but one continually conflicted with war. This naming gets a little bit more confusing, as Azeroth is also the name of a human kingdom, as well as a subcontinent, but mainly it's known as the planet. In the early days of Azeroth, the four elemental lords continually battled with one another, keeping the world in constant flux. The lords' fighting was stopped, however, by the arrival of the old gods on Azeroth, eldritch abominations that hail from outside of normal reality. The old gods began corrupting Azeroth and building an empire, and although the elemental lords attempted to stop them, they were each enslaved. Azeroth was saved, By the arrival of another ancient race of beings, the titans, who managed to defeat the old ones and the elemental lords and reshape the world. With Azeroth as a much calmer place, life began to flourish, kickstarted by the titans' power. The titans left behind some intelligent constructs, but the first real sapient beings are presumed to be the trolls, who quickly spread across the single continent located on Azeroth. They founded several massive empires during this time, including the Gurabashi and Amani empires, but they eventually went to war with a race of insects, called the Akir, who were created by the old gods corruption. This war went on for thousands of years, the trolls eventually winning out, and the Akir kingdom splitting up and going in different directions across Azeroth. A small tribe of trolls had distanced themselves from the rest of their brethren, moving into a network of deep tunnels beneath Mount Hyjal. They grew to detest daylight, and eventually their skin turned into hues of grey, earning them the name Dark Trolls. As this tribe continued to develop and further explore the deeper parts of Azeroth, they stumbled upon an enormous lake filled with magical energy, left behind by the titans, the Well of Eternity. The Dark Trolls, of course, began living near it, and over time the energy of the well changed these trolls, physically and mentally. They became wiser, taller, stronger, and virtually immortal, with their skin taking on shades of violet. They believed that a moon goddess named Elun slumbered within the well during the day, and began communing with and worshipping her. From strange artifacts around the well, they developed a new language, and began calling themselves Kaldorai, meaning Children of the Stars. They would come to be known as Night Elves. The Night Elves had fully abandoned their troll heritage, and with the power granted to them by the Well of Eternity, they began a war with the troll empires, led by Queen Ashara, although it was more of a massacre. The elves saw the trolls as more of a nuisance in their conquest than a threat, and the trolls were eventually forced to surrender in order to maintain their small kingdom, creating a lasting enmity in the trolls' hearts. The elves now controlled practically all of Azeroth, but their rampant use of magic from the Well of Eternity had drawn the attention of darker forces. The pantheon of titans that had previously helped out Azeroth also had a former member of their group that had gone rogue. Sargeras. Sargeras can be considered one of the principal antagonists of the Warcraft universe due to his desire to destroy all life, and although he himself isn't seen in Wild Classic, the reverberations of his actions certainly are. Sargeras commanded a vast army of demons known as the Burning Legion, and he began communicating with queen Ashara and her counselor in order to convince them to open a way into Azeroth. They recognized his power and began worshipping him as a god, along with most of the upper class of elves, and eventually they opened a portal, beginning the demonic invasion. The ensuing conflict is known as the War of the Ancients, as the burning legion warred with a resistance formed from the rest of the night elves. Some notable members of that resistance include Taranda Whisperwind, a high priestess of Elune, and brothers Malfurion and Illidan Stormrange. Illidan was a highly capable mage who wielded the power of the Well of Eternity, while Malfurion embraced the druidic powers of nature as taught by Cenarius, demigod of the forests. Although we've been focused on the elves, there were other sapient races living on Azeroth by this point, notably the ancestors of dwarves, the bovine tauren, and the dragons. Together they fought against the burning legion, but it was still not enough to win the war. Malfurion became convinced that the well of eternity needed to be destroyed in order to stop the legion, and although his fellow night elves were horrified at the thought, Taranda agreed that it was their best course of action. A group of the resistance managed to make their way to the well, and successfully reversed the portal, banishing the burning legion from Azeroth. Unfortunately, the strain on the well was too much, and it imploded, breaking apart the continent in an event known as the Sundering. In the end, as far as WoW Classic is concerned, there are now two continents on Azeroth, Kalimdor to the west, and the eastern kingdoms to the east, with the great sea between them. The elves that were loyal to Ashara were twisted into a serpentine form, becoming the Naga. Well, Ashara's counselor was turned into a demonic satyr by Sargeras, and then proceeded to spread his curse to other highborn elves. The highborn elves that had sided with the resistance were still addicted to the energy of the well, and were eventually exiled, becoming the ancestors of the blood elves. The remaining night elves rebuilt their kingdom and turned away from their arcane connection to the well instead looking to Malfurion and his druidic teachings. Led by Taranda and Malfurion, the night elves became much more connected to nature. And although they had a few more wars, including a notable one with insectoid descendants of the Akir, let's look at some other races. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and A member FDSE. A number of the sapient races of Azeroth can draw their heritage back to the creations made by the Titans. When the titans came to Azeroth and fought against the old gods, they crafted a number of constructs from Azeroth's crust. These creations were known as titanforged, creatures of stone and metal, and were instrumental in winning that war. After the war, the titanforged were left on Azeroth to reshape the land into a hospitable world, and a new forge was built that could create more titanforged. Unfortunately, one of the old gods, locked away in a prison, managed to spread a curse into that forge, making it so that any Titan Forge produced there would succumb to a curse of flesh, and would also spread to previous generations. In time, the various Titan Forged races became mortal beings of flesh and blood, resulting in a number of different races currently in Azeroth. The Earthen tasked with shaping the deep reaches of the world, became the dwarves. The mechanomes, mechanical servants, became gnomes, and the iron vrykul became the vrykul. One clan of the vrykul, however, began to have children that were seen as weak and deformed by vrykul standards, and so their king decreed for any baby born this way to be killed. Some vrykul parents couldn't live with this however, and managed to smuggle their children to another land, the eastern kingdoms. Here, these weak and deformed vrykul would develop their own civilization, becoming humans. The tauren instead developed from a yak-like race of humanoids, who were changed by the energies of the well of eternity, and some were guided by Cenarius in the ways of druidism, while others connected with the elemental powers becoming shamans. Orcs, on the other hand, have perhaps the most unique origin in Warcraft, as they don't originate from Azeroth at all. I don't want to go into too many details here, but the orcs come from another world named Draenor, and can trace their lineage back to a massive stone giant created by a titan. Over millennia of evolution, including sharing a heritage with ogres, orcs came to be, possessing intelligence, ferocity, and a sense of community. The orcs reproduced quickly, and as their population on Draenor swelled, they split into a number of different clans. Some orcs of the Shadowmoon clan discovered a connection with the spirits of the four elements, becoming the first orcish shamans. This connection to the elements gradually spread to the rest of the orcs, and they grew more powerful because of it, eventually becoming the dominant species of Draenor. An alien race fleeing the Burning Legion, the Draenei, would later land on the planet, and although they originally lived alongside the orcs in peace, the demons eventually caught up with them. Jaden, a demon lord, began whispering to a susceptible orc with darkness in his heart, Gul'dan. Through Gul'dan's actions in convincing other orcs, notably the Shadowmoon Chieftain, the orcs began slaughtering the Draenei. The elemental spirits severed their connection with the orcs, but that was fine with Gul'dan, as he answered to a different power now. He developed a secret cabal of like-minded orcs, known as the Shadow Council, and together they ruled the orcs from behind the scenes. Gul'dan persuaded most of the various orc clans to drink the blood of a powerful demon, which resulted in a curse upon the orcs, binding them to the will of Kil'jaeden. The Draenei were mostly either exterminated or taken prisoner, and the rest went into hiding. With Draenor fully conquered, the ferocious orcs needed a new target, and the Burning Legion still had its sights set on Azeroth. Medivh, a powerful mage who was part of a line of individuals tasked with protecting Azeroth from demons, had secretly been possessed by Sargeras his entire life. Sargeras used Medivh to contact Gul'dan, convincing him of the power he could gain if he brought his horde to Azeroth. Gul'dan and the Shadow Council agreed and constructed a dark portal that could take them across the stars. Every Draenei prisoner the orcs had was sacrificed in an instant to open the portal, allowing a small army of orcs to travel to Azeroth. This led to the first war, as the orcs attacked the human kingdom of Stormwind, which is depicted in the first game in the franchise, Warcraft, Orcs, and Humans. Although the humans were unprepared for such bloodthirsty adversaries, they quickly mounted a capable defense. The orcs marched across the eastern kingdoms, raising human cities as they went, and ended up at the gates of the capital, Stormwind City. Meanwhile, the humans discovered that Medivh was responsible for bringing the orcs here, and he was killed in combat. Ultimately, Stormwind was taken by the orcs, and the king was assassinated, causing the rest of the humans of Stormwind to flee north. The refugees of the Stormwind kingdom went to the human kingdom of Lordaeron, and informed them of the grave threat the orcs presented. The king of Lordaeron understood that his own kingdom couldn't prevail alone, and thus created an alliance against the orcs. This might start to sound pretty familiar as the alliance consisted of a number of human kingdoms, as well as the dwarves, gnomes, and the High Elves of Quel'thalas. The night elves were still isolated from this war, far away in Kalimdor, along with the tauren. A tribe of trolls in Lordaeron had gone to war with the high elves and humans a while before this, and saw an opportunity to join the orcs in their war. The ensuing conflict between the horde and the alliance is known as the second war, as depicted in Warcraft 2. Unfortunately for the horde, Gul'dan's attention is diverted by the presence of the tomb of Sargeras on Azeroth, a source of great power. He takes a large chunk of the horde's army to go claim it, allowing the alliance to overtake the horde. The dark portal was finally destroyed, and rather than executing the rest of the orcs, The alliance placed them in camps. Cut off from their demonic masters, the orcs slowly languished and slipped into lethargy. The end of the second war doesn't leave the orcs in a great place, but a new leader is on the way. Thrall is another one of the most important characters in warcraft history, and he was born as the son of the chieftain of the frostwolf clan. The Frostwolf clan had not partaken in the demon's blood like most of the other orcs, and because of this, they had been exiled to Azeroth after the portal had been created. Thrall's father continued to speak against Gul'dan, resulting in both of Thrall's parents being assassinated and him being left for dead. He was found by the human commander of the orc internment camps in the wake of the second war, and was raised as a slave and a gladiator, Due to this, however, Thrall received both a traditional education as well as a combative one, and he excelled in both. He eventually escaped from captivity and learned of the plight of his kinsmen. Thrall was eventually taught the old ways of the orcs by a shaman of the frostwolf clan, Drek'thar, and became the first new orc shaman since Gul'dan had corrupted their people. Since the elemental spirits had long since abandoned the orcs, this was a significant event, and he began rallying the other orcs and breaking them out of the camps. Thrall met with the warchief of the horde, Orgrim Doomhammer, and bested him in a duel. Later, when Doomhammer was killed during the liberation of a camp, he gave Thrall his warhammer and appointed him as the new warchief. Thrall had successfully freed and united a number of the orcs but they had no centralized home on Azeroth, only a handful of outposts. If you recall the former chieftain of the Shadowmoon clan of orcs, he ended up being captured by Kil'jaeden, and punished for failing to conquer Azeroth. His soul was bound to a suit of armor, and he was encased in a block of magic ice, the Frozen Throne. Now known as the Lich King, he sat on the Frozen Throne on Azeroth, and telepathically formed an army of the undead, called the Scourge, to once again attempt to destroy the world. He finally unleashed the full force of the Scourge on the kingdom of Lordaeron, sweeping through villages and towns while spreading a plague of undeath that caused the deceased to rise again as part of the Scourge. The king of Lordaeron's son, Prince Arthas Menethil, led the charge against the undead managing to kill one of the lich King's principal servants, a mage named Kel'Thuzad. Kel'Thuzad would later return as a lich, commanding the flying citadel of Naxxramas. Arthas began to take more and more drastic steps to stop the scourge from devouring Lordaeron, including ordering the execution of every citizen in the city of Stratholme, although most of them had already been exposed to the plague. Arthas tracked down a mighty rune blade named Frostmourne, a weapon of great power that was, unbeknownst to Arthas, an extension of the Lich King's will. Arthas used the sword to kill a powerful demon that served the Lich King, but ended up losing his sanity in the process, becoming a death knight in service of the Lich King. He returned to Lordaeron, slew his father, and became the new king of the scourge-infested Lordaeron. Meanwhile, the resurrected mage, Medivh, appeared to Thrall in a vision and told him to take his horde across the sea to Kalimdor in order to escape a great threat. Thrall obeyed, and the orcs sailed west using stolen human ships, although some of the orcs got separated due to the maelstrom in the middle of the sea. Thrall managed to save a tribe of trolls from their sinking island, and they swore allegiance to the horde. After arriving in Kalimdor, Thrall encountered the tauren, who shared the orcs' connection to the elements, and they eventually would join the horde as well. The other group of orcs that had landed separately on Kalimdor ended up collecting lumber in the region of Ashenvale, where they encountered the isolated night elves. The night elves grew angry at these foreign creatures cutting down their beloved forests And a battle ensued, resulting in the appearance of Cenarius. The orcs there realized they couldn't kill Cenarius as they were, and so they drank from a mysterious fountain that happened to have been tainted with the same blood of a demon the orcs drank long ago. They were energized with demonic power, but once again became servants of the burning legion. They managed to slay Cenarius, and later, with the help of Thrall, An orc named Grom Hellscream would kill that demon, severing the orc's connection to the burning legion once and for all, at the cost of his own life. Grom is a rather important character in orc history overall, as he was the first one to originally drink the blood of the demon. With the eastern kingdoms battling the scourge however, kalimdor would have its own war, against the burning legion forces led by a powerful individual named Archimonde. The night elves, still led by Tyrande Whisperwind, realized that they could not stay in isolation if the Burning Legion had returned. Malfurion was awakened from a lengthy sleep so that he could rouse the numerous druids and go to war. Tyrande, however, believed that they needed the power of Illidan to win. Illidan had been in prison since the destruction of the Well of Eternity as he had betrayed the night elves by stealing some of its water and creating a new well, due to his addiction to its energies. Tyrande trusted that Illidan would do the right thing, and although he initially proved to be a capable leader of night elf forces, his lust for power returned. Illidan encountered Arthas, who told him of a powerful artifact in order to bait him into further corruption. Illidan found the artifact, the skull of Gul'dan, and used its power to slay a powerful commander of the legion. Unfortunately, the war was not going well, as the scourge had run rampant across the eastern kingdoms and had now come to ruin Kalimdor as well. The third war came to a climax at Mount Hyjal, where the second well of eternity was located, underneath the world tree. Archimon hoped to use the energy of this new well to summon Sargeras himself to Azeroth, Conquering the world once and for all. A coalition of the Night Elves, humans, and the Horde fought against the Burning Legion at the Battle of Mount Hygel, ending with the destruction of Archimond, the majority of his forces, and the World Tree itself, severing the Night Elves' immortality. With the world saved, Thrall and his Horde traveled to the eastern coast of Kalimdor, where Thrall named the region Durotar after his father and founded the city of Orgrimmar, named in honor of Orgrim Doomhammer. The orcs helped the tauren reclaim their ancestral land of Molgor, away from the centaur, and they founded the tauren capital of Thunder Bluff. Over in the eastern kingdoms, stormwind city had been rebuilt and became the new capital of the alliance, and the dwarves in their ancient capital city of ironforge would be their closest allies with a tram system connecting the two cities. Ironforge also was home to a number of the mechanically gifted gnomes, who had lost their capital city of nomergon during the third war due to a barbaric race of creatures known as trogs. The night elves ultimately ended up joining the alliance due to the orcs' continued practice of deforestation, despite Thrall's protests. They would create their capital city of Darnassus, on an island off the northern coast of Kalimdor. There's one race that I haven't discussed yet, and that's the horde race of the forsaken, also referred to as simply the undead. After the death of Archimonde, the demon Kil'jaeden went to Illidan and offered him untold power if he would go and destroy the lich king, who had slowly broken free from Kil'jaeden's grasp. Illidan agreed, and ended up using a spell to create a large crack in the frozen throne, which caused the lich king's power to slowly seep out. This loss of power affected the lich king's connection to a number of undead members of the scourge, and they regained control over their bodies. Many of these undead succumbed to madness as they realized what they had been forced to do, but some remained sane. These renegade undead were rallied by an undead high elf general named Lady Sylvanas Windrunner. They became known as the Forsaken, a race of sapient undead mostly composed of former humans, and they established a new city underneath the ruins of Lordaeron's former capital, now called the Undercity. Sylvanas's only goal initially was to destroy the Lich King but the forsaken soon came under attack from humans dedicated to destroying any and all undead in the wake of the third war. Sylvanus reached out to a number of other factions, and an archdruid of the tauren saw the potential for the redemption of the forsaken. He spoke to Thrall, who eventually invited the forsaken to join the horde, giving the horde a presence in the eastern kingdom. Overall, the alliance and the horde had formed a tenuous pact of peace, but there is a lot of bad blood between many of the factions, and hostility between the alliance and horde is certainly not gone completely. This is a lot of lore to take in if you are completely new to the franchise, but I hope that I've painted a general enough picture of the state of Azeroth at the start of World of Warcraft. This video definitely won't answer every question you might have while playing through Wild WoW Classic, or while learning about Azeroth, but the journey is part of the fun. You should be prepared now at least to dive in as one of the eight races, travel across Kalimdor and the eastern kingdoms, and fight for either the Alliance or the Horde for honor and glory. While there are always going to be members of the opposite faction to fight, don't forget about the various powerful entities that will require a number of brave adventurers to defeat, such as the lord of fire, Ragnaros, in his mountain, or the old god, Cthulhu, slumbering in the ground. It's a wide world out there, filled with countless friends, enemies, adventures, dangers, and memories. Welcome to the world of Warcraft.